Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to episode 203 of the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Michaela Parks from Amazon all about how to sell on Amazon. But first to last week's question, which was, recommend me a podcast. So SL Hansen Books on Instagram said Adam Grant's work-life podcast from TED is a good combination of psychology, leadership and business and communication too. My current favourite is his recent episode interviewing Project Hail Mary and the Martian author Andy Weir. Uh, Super nerdy and the Martian was self-published to begin with so he talks about that. And speaking of TED Talks, my question of the week this week is, what's the best TED Talk you've ever watched? I would love you to send me um, some links. I am looking for some really good speeches, like keynotes, for obvious reasons, um, and or like TED Talks that you found super inspirational, super um, motivating. So yeah, if you have, um, it doesn't have to be a TED Talk, it could be anything. But yeah, if you have watched some good TED Talks, please do recommend them to me or some good keynotes or some good speeches in general. The book recommendation of the week this week is How Writers Fail, Analysis and Solutions by Christine Catherine Rush. I read this on holiday. I thought it was fantastic. It's a big kick in the pants. Uh, She doesn't pull any punches. (laughs) It's uh, brutal in places, but in all the best ways and in all the ways that I love. So I am highly recommending this book. Very short. I think it's only I don't know, about 120, 150 pages, something like that. But a a fantastic little short, sharp motivator. Right, so in personal news and updates then, uh, I am back in the gym. I'm back on the words. (laughs) And that's gym and not gin. Uh, But I am back on the words. And uh, I I had one insane day this week, which I think I pushed a little bit too hard, uh, coming straight back in. Because uh, I had like an eight and a half thousand word day. And then I had quite a slow day the following day down at like two and a half thousand words. Anyway, I'm over 13 or 14 thousand words into the manuscript, I think. And we're still half a day today and tomorrow to try and break uh, 20k this week. That's what I'm aiming for as my sort of first week back. Um, And I have also been uh, working on courses in the background. So I am going to be doing two courses uh, first initially, uh, and I will. Uh, talk more about that in my mailing list email first and then I will uh, announce on the podcast but I have been working on that and uh, I think the first course has three modules uh, which I'm not sure if I'm going to do mini classes and then bundle them or I'm not quite sure what that's going to look like but I have been busy in the background sorting out slide decks and 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 combining stuff and adding stuff and and all of that good stuff so I think once I have finished drafting I will uh, record them I'll get all of the slide decks done, all of the course materials done in advance, and then I can just uh, record, uh, like, you know, for a week, I can just record, straight record the whole thing all the way through, rather than doing it piecemeal fashion. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm excited about the second one in particular, that one I really can't wait to get my teeth into. Uh, I I mean, to be fair, I'm excited for this one, uh, but it's a topic I have talked about before, so... um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited, but like I'm really excited uh, uh, to actually just be doing courses again. It's really nice to like get my head back into the nonfiction. I feel like my learner, everybody drink. Um, I feel like my learner has been starved a little bit. So I am thoroughly enjoying getting to dig into craft and I really want to read more craft books as well. I'm just struggling because I have tried to read a few over the last few weeks and I found them to be really dry, which is actually one of the reasons that I started started writing craft books in the first place but uh, it doesn't help when you need to read them to do research so anyway uh, that is probably the bulk of my update I would say oh no I can announce a couple of things so the first thing I'm going to announce is that I have uh, secured a deal with Podium. So Podium have brought the rights to uh, do the girl games, so the Ruby Row books, all three books in the series, so A Game of Hearts and Heists, A Game of Romance and Ruin, and A Game of Deceit and Desire in audio. So um, that's done. It's all sealed. They are currently uh, uh, searching for a narrator as we speak. So I will have more information about that and the translation into audio and all the release dates and who's narrating and all that good stuff uh, soon, I would say. But yeah, I wanted to announce that. I think that's super exciting. I've not had a fiction audiobook, so I'm dead excited. So I'm super looking forward to uh, getting to listen to that. Although I can imagine it must be bizarre to listen to your words read uh, by somebody else. <laughs> I will enjoy that first world problem. Okay, so the rebel of the week this week is Eden. Eden says, so my granddad father's father was for many years an engineer combined with the fact that he is also a lifelong prankster and wind-up merchant has resulted in several stories that have become legendary from the ass-kicking baron of Wallerton Castle to the to an ability to ask increasingly mundane and specific questions to such a ridiculous degree you have to throw your hands up and admit defeat. Safe to say he is a Yoda-level master of the prank. Wallace from Wallace and the Gromit, Wallace and Gromit with a Devil's Streak. This story starts in late 1950s when a lot of young men in the UK were being sent off to different parts of the world to do national service following World War II. So while mother's father, my Gaga, or sorry, Gaga, Gaga, who had never left Cornwall in his life and thus never had seen Plymouth, let alone London, was shipped to Hong Kong. Oh my goodness me. My granddad was sent to a relatively quiet and, in his own words, rather boring part of West Germany. To pass the time, he decided to make, explore, make exploding paste. For those not in the know, exploding paste is a stable when it uh, when it is stable when it's wet, but explodes with a small puff of smoke when dry. At first, he put it on little things: the bottom of people's boots or under the toilet seat. <laughs> But it quickly progressed to adding a dab or two to the lock of the CO's room, uh-oh, or under piles of paper, and even under the poor man's chair, each blob at different levels of wetness, so one leg <laughs> would go off, and then a few minutes later, uh, the next, and so on. At last, he was found out and told in no uncertain terms to dispose of all of the exploding paste immediately, which he did. I can imagine the gleam in his eye when he asked in his thick North Yorkshire accent, are you sure? Uh, 
So after telling a couple of his mates how to make it, he put the rest of his supply inside the springs that made up the CEO's bed chassis, where it went off over the course of the next three nights. He's promised me that he's written down the recipe somewhere, but I have yet to find it. Perhaps it was a ploy to help me move some boxes, just like, uh, just, it would be just like him. Ha ha. Oh my goodness me, I love that. This is so naughty. What a cheeky, naughty prank. I absolutely love it. Um, okay, we are extraordinarily low on Rebel Stories. I mentioned this last week. I am pleading with you this week. If you have a Rebel Story, we are in dire, dire need. Uh, it can be any kind of story, something big, something small, or something in between. It doesn't even need to be your story. It can be somebody you know's story, a friend of a friend, a puppy, a pooch, a grandma. It doesn't matter. As long as it's a Rebel Story, we will take it. If you would like to be a Rebel of the Week or you know somebody who would, please send in their story. It can be any kind of rebellion, as I've mentioned. And you can email your Rebel story to Becca over on rebelauthorpodcast at gmail.com. And that will be in the show notes so that you can just click the link to email it in. Huge uh, thank you to all my existing patrons and a big welcome and thank you to new and returning members, Don Elliott, Liz, Daphne Garrison and Claire Donnelly. Thank you so, so much for joining or rejoining. And of course, a giant thank you to all of my existing patrons. If you would like to support the show and get early access to all of the episodes, as well as a bunch of bonus content, like for example, this Friday, uh, I am hosting a movie night where we are all going to watch the brand new release of Red, White and Royal Blue together. Uh, we have the Slack community chat group. We have Patreon masterclasses. The next masterclass is on romance as a secondary plotline. Uh, we have all kinds of goodies. We've got the Rebel Quarterly Challenge to help you get your uh, work done. And each week, a different community member will host a series of motivating different tasks, challenges, questions, or uh, tips and tricks for you. So if you would like to get access to all of those goodies, then you can from as little as $2 a month by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. Okay, that's it from me this week. Let's get on with the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I am joined by Michaela Parks. Michaela is a books relationship manager in the Amazon UK Books team. She has been with the company for six years, starting as a vendor manager in London before moving to Singapore in 2019. Following her return to the UK, Michaela worked in Amazon Books editorial before her current role as senior books relationship manager in 2022. A lover of food and fiction, she can often be found cozying up with a good novel or trying out something new in her kitchen at the weekends. Hello and welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. You are most welcome. It's an honour to have Amazon on the show. So thank you so much for joining us. Would you like to tell everyone a little bit about your journey? Like, how did you get to where you are? Do you also write on the side? Um, and if you do, kind of tell everyone a little bit about that. Um, and if you don't, then maybe like, what do you love to read? 
Yeah, so um, as you mentioned in the intro, I've been with Amazon, it will be seven years in September, um, which is very exciting, but also feels like it's only been sort of one day in lots of ways as well. Um, and I yeah, worked initially in a cross-category team, and then I moved to Singapore. Um, and then when I was moving back to the UK, I thought I really want to do a job where I can be like in and around the content of books. And so joined the author and editorial programs team. Um, and basically get to chat about books all day, every day, which is fantastic. Um, chat to authors, take on their feedback about how things are working on Kindle Direct Publishing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really, really great. Um, I do, I, I would say I write on the side, it's early stages. Um, and I'm sure now that I've said this, there'll be many people coming up and badgering me at London Book Fair to ask me how far I've got with my book. Um, but yeah, I, I read fiction of all genres. Um, I love to read kind of relationship-driven drama. So, you know, dysfunctional family relationships, interesting romantic relationships, love a coming-of-age story. Um, I'll also dip my toe into crime um, and kind of other sort of like literary fiction every now and again as well. But there's basically nothing I wouldn't have a go at reading. And then I also do enjoy a narrative nonfiction. So like a kind of bit of travel writing or someone's personal story, a memoir, um, if it's written kind of in a pacey way, almost like an actual fiction book. Um, less of the kind of self-help stuff for me. Um, like in Anna McNuff, for example. Yeah, exactly. A llama drama. Is, yeah, love yeah, that. that kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so what genre are you writing? Uh, I would I would say it's romance. Um, whether or not it has a happy ending is to be determined. So that, that that may divide whether or not people determine if it is romance, if there's no happy ending. So, yeah. Excellent. Oh, I'm very excited. Oh, I love this. And yes, I will be one of those people that comes up to you at London Book Fair and pesters you. <laughs> Amazing. Exactly. Okay, well, we are here to talk about Amazon and the Kindle Storyteller Award and, uh, yeah, basically how people can sell more books with Amazon. So shall we start with Kindle Storyteller Award? I know that we've worked um, behind the scenes together on the Storyteller Award before, but for those people who maybe don't know what it is or sort of only have a loose uh, understanding, could you maybe talk about um, what the award is, uh, maybe where it came from and how people can get involved and maybe a little bit about why it's different from other awards yeah um so the kindle storyteller award is as old at amazon as i am pretty much so it's in its seventh year um and it seeks to find the best story which is published through kindle direct publishing um what i think is interesting about this award is that readers play a pivotal role in us helping choose the shortlist so we look at kind of um the books on site and any book that has the storyteller keyword in will be automatically entered into the award if it's published um, before the 31st of August. So that's a reminder for any listeners who are thinking about it to maybe um, go for it, I would say. And um, then we have a panel of judges that choose the winning book from the shortlist based on a number of factors, including the originality, the creativity of the content, the creativity of the characters, um, like the use of writing and dialogue and the style. Um, and this year's judging panel includes Sue Perkins um, and Baroness Fluella Benjamin, um, as well as last year's winner, Peter Gibbons. Um, we have an Alliance of Independent Authors representative, Ros Morris, and then we have Amazon experts, so Lisa DeMeyer, our UK country manager, as well as Darren Hardy, um, the manager of author and editorial programs. So it's 
I think what's interesting about the award is that it um, uses readers in the early stages and then a panel of experts. It also is made up of kind of industry figures and Amazon experts as well on the panel. Um, and what's great about it is that it's not, you know, specific genre, like it's not genre specific. So often we will see a real mix of genres in the shortlisted titles. So we've had travel writing, we've got crime, we've had romance, we've had kind of lit RPG in the past. There's so many different genres. And I think it's so brilliant to see all of those genres because, you know, KDP is, is full of so many interesting genres. And so it's, it's nice that whatever your genre, however uh, large or niche, uh, the Storyteller Award is open to you. Um, so a couple of things. What are, are there any genres that aren't allowed in? So, for example, like, is there any more steamier or spicy genres that you discount? Um, and you mentioned uh, keywords there and a particular keyword that needs to be used. Could you just explain uh, how a little bit more about that and how uh, listeners can get involved if they want to? Yeah, absolutely. So the, when you publish a book on Kindle Direct Publishing, you have the option of adding keywords against your book so that customers who are searching or looking for books like those can find them. Um, if you want to be entered into the Storyteller Award, all you need to do is add Storyteller as a keyword when you go to um, publish the book. If your book has already been published and you want to add it in, you can also ask for that keyword to be added in so you can go and amend it um, in the KDP portal. Perfect. And are there any genres that are excluded from Kindle Storyteller? Uh, so very adult content would usually not be um, allowed, like a heavily erotic content um, in the same way as other genres on site. Um, that's not to say we wouldn't allow, you know, romance with some steamy or some spicy elements in. Um, but, you know, we like strictly erotic content in the same way as we do for other promotional programs like deals or crime reading would, would not be eligible to um, be in for us. Perfect. And you can go we... on to also, sorry, I meant to say you can go on to the full terms and conditions on Storyteller if there's anything that you're not sure. And I'm sure you'll share the link afterwards. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you say uh, readers help to determine, uh, what does that mean? What does that look like? What what sort of level uh, of engagement do listeners need to try and accrue to get their books to have a chance of, um, you know, shortlisting, for example? Yeah, it's a good question. We we use a, a whole number of factors. So it's very difficult to say that there's one specific thing. Um, you know, we might look at things like um for as an example, one of many factors would be something like customer reviews. Um, but it's not that you need to be, you know, completely best selling because it may be that, you know, you've had uh, a, a, a quite quite a big spike or something from like since your book was published. Um, there's a whole host of factors that we will, will take in. I think as a as an author and for anyone who's listening, what you might want to consider is just um, thinking about how you can build as much traction once it's entered into Storyteller as possible. Like, are you telling people that you've entered it into Storyteller? One of the things we will do is also um, once it's, once you've entered it, it automatically surfaces on the Storyteller page where you know readers are able to go and have a look at all the different titles that have been entered. So it's almost like a little bit of promotion just in entering the prize in itself. That can sometimes be helpful. Um, but yeah, tell as many people that you know um, through newsletters, through Facebook pages that you've entered it into Storyteller and um, like you could link through to the page if you wanted to or something like that. I, I would say that that would be something good. But in terms of the um, 
read of factors that we use, there's a whole host of things that, that go into it. So things like reviews would be one of many, but there's there's so many um, to, to that I wouldn't even really be able to mention them all. Okay, cool. Um, do you have any other advice about, uh, you know, getting their books in the best shape to long list or to short list? Any um, kind of specific things that they need to do? Um, any marketing things that they need to do? I know you sort of mentioned a little bit there, but any more detail or advice about uh, trying to set their book up as best as possible to get into that long list slash short list? Yeah, I think um, first things first is to really remember the basics. So make sure you're super happy with the content of the book and you know it's had um, all of the usual steps that you would do before publishing. So make sure it's had like a great proof, um, an edit, a, a compelling cover, I think is also very important. Again, um, you know that's sort of your thumbnail on Amazon, um, on the storyteller page or elsewhere when readers are looking for the next great thing. So having a compelling co cover, but also I think a cover, it's not just compelling, that accurately depicts the genre and the theme of your book um, is, is really helpful. And obviously, from speaking to so many authors at different events and as part of my role, I know everybody manages this in different ways. Some people will use cover creator, some people will work with a team, some people will do it themselves. Like there's loads of diff different ways, but it's really about making sure that you're comfortable and happy with it, but also that accurately depicts, you know, what your book is about. Um, and then I would say, yeah, think about make, making sure that other bits on Amazon are up to date. So things like your author page, have you got a picture? Have you got a bio? We recently launched um, book recommendations feature on the author page, which is um, live in the UK now. And that um, allows you to say, if you've not read my work before, start with this book. Or if you liked this book of mine, try this book by another author. So it's a great way to support other authors, but also kind of pinpoint readers to a specific book of if you've written say in a series you know where to start or which series they might like um, and if you update those we may automatically then send out emails to anyone who follows you with those recommendations so it kind of keeps that that traction traction going and the one thing that we haven't talked about uh, is the prize. What is the yeah. prize? Why should anybody Sorry, bother? <laughs> didn't mention that. Oh, just, no. just the most important bit. Yeah. Um, it's a £20,000 prize and a marketing campaign on Amazon. Um, the winner will be announced at a ceremony in autumn. Um, and obviously, we will be involving our panel of judges and Sue and Baroness with, with some of those ceremonies and events. Um, so, yeah, but I think Peter Gibbons, who, who won it last year, um, you know, he was part time and the prize sort of gave him the confidence, but also financial £20,000 to go. I'm going to go and make a make this more full time. So it's yeah, it's very exciting. Um, and when is the shortlist announced? So if people are interested in perhaps reading the shortlisted books and seeing like the quality um, of or, or, and sort of package that you need to be able to get into this shortlist. Yeah. When when are they shortlisted? Good question. <laughs> I, know um, I like to throw one of these in just loosely. It's sort of around September time, isn't it? I think so. Um, I, I, I It will be. Well, we close in August. So yeah, it'll be around September time. September, October um, time, yeah. Yeah, specific date to be revealed. Yes, <laughs> and I will add that into the show notes in yeah. case anybody is interested. <laughs> okay, so let's talk more about Amazon in general. Like, how 
it is the $64 million question, isn't it? But how can we sell more books on Amazon? What general like tips or advice do you have for indies that are working right now in 2023? Because that's that's always the question, isn't it? The algorithms change, the, the social medias change, the marketing platforms change. Like what is working now? Yeah, very good question. I think first and foremost, a bit like what I mentioned with the storyteller advice, really do focus on the basics. Get your cover design sorted and be very happy with it. Think about how you can also build out, say, the cover design or a series design into like some sort of branding that readers would recognize across the site. So often we see um, an A plus content page that will have, you know, all the same imagery as the book jacket and it will all be very linked within the series. And then those images might be used on something like advertising. So wherever a reader, whatever kind of touch point in the Amazon journey, because Amazon works 24 seven around the clock to provide readers with recommendations and it will use readers previous purchases, previous sales to help with those recommendations. So making it as kind of clear and simple as possible that your books would be noticed and are in the right category. And we also recently launched new categories feature, which I think if people haven't used, um, definitely go in and, and check it out. Um, we so far seem to have some got positive feedback that's a lot more simple and faster to make changes to categories and, and things like that. But again, any feedback, welcome, or as always. Um, but I would I would say in terms of the kind of uh, like marketing tips, there are also so many other programs and options that you can think about. So um, promotional programs, you're able to beta nominate um, as part of the beta. You can nominate titles to go in for a promote price promotion on on Kindle 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 deals that will run monthly or daily or sometimes seasonally for specific events um KP select which gives you access to KU um I think you know we, we continue to see readers very very much engaging with KU and um that that's something that I think often lots of authors say it's doing wonders for my royalties but also you know reader discovery um and then you've also got things, beta nominations also for the prime reading program. So I would I would suggest like first and foremost, get your branding consistent. Think about all the different levers you can pull in Amazon to get that brand across, a whether that's A plus content pages, advertising, um, like thumbnails or additional images on your author page. Um, and then you know, think about the promotional programs you might want to consider as part of your your launch strategy, whether that's Kindle Unlimited, Prime Reading, or Price Promotions. A couple of quick questions. Um, the first one, sorry, I'm going to flip back to Kindle Storyteller. Are there any yeah. particular genres that or types of authors that you would like to see uh, more of, like applying to Kindle Storyteller? That's just the first question. And then the second one, before I forget, uh, on those category changes, I think it's three, it's three categories, isn't yeah, it, that we're allowed right. to pick. Are we still able to email Author Central and ask for more categories? Because I think there was some confusion about whether that was something that we used to be able to do. We used to only ever be able to tick two or whatever it was, and then we could email to ask to have more. Is that still a feature available or not anymore? You can still reach out to the team for support and changing the categories, but we are trying to simplify the process with the three for that specific reason. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And then on the Kindle, flipping back to the Kindle Storyteller. 
Yes. Um, I mean, all genres work for indie and all, all genres we would welcome into the Kindle Storyteller Award. I think no genre is too broad or too niche. Um, we, if, if, you, if there's a book that people want to write, we would love to see it entered. I think um, I, I, maybe we don't even know what genre we're looking for until we see it, you know, we add it to our shortlist type thing. Like, I, I think um, there are so many genres available out there now and there are so many kind of sub-genres appearing that it's it's really exciting. I think that's, again, like one of the unique parts about the Storyteller Prize is that any genre can feature some genres that you might, might wouldn't maybe see elsewhere, but indie has them all and is a happy home for all of them. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I know I've seen a couple of diverse books nominated as well so even if you are writing in like a more diverse category like don't be afraid to to apply yeah absolutely okay let's talk to newer writers let's say we've got some listeners who are on the road to publishing their first book what is your main advice for publishing right or getting it right with their first book um I think the first thing I would say is if if people are tentative, like, please do it. <laughs> um, it's amazing that you're writing a book. And if you're early out in the journey, like it's such a huge achievement. So firstly, press that big, scary yellow publish button and like know that it's a really cool thing that you're doing. That would be my first thing is just be brave enough to press the button. Um, I think definitely get some feedback, you know, look at having an editor or, or, and again, speak to authors at many events. Some people have friends do it for them. Some people employ uh, a freelance editor. Some people have uh, beta readers that they've recruited via their newsletter. I think some early advice is is helpful, but I think the, uh, the main thing from speaking to authors who are newer in the journey is that they feel quite overwhelmed often by all of the different advice that's available. You know, we have so many resources for, for like on the Amazon side, on KDP University and things like that. There are lots of courses that people run. Um, there are lots of events where people go and listen to people speak. There's forums, there's communities, there's Facebook pages, and every author has their own success story, but no one author's journey is the same as another's. So I think when people are starting out, they almost sometimes from speaking to them, they feel like they need to have this whole plan, this strategy mapped out from the very start about, I'm going to launch on this date, I'll put it in Kindle Unlimited on this date, then I'll run a deal and I'll spend this on advertising and my ROI will be this. And actually, I'd say the earliest thing you can do is get the basics right, be really happy with your book, press the publish button and be okay with the idea maybe of experimenting and that your journey might be different from another author's journey get as much feedback as you can speak to as many people as you can you will see common themes kind of reappearing but you don't need to have the entire thing mapped out because you don't know how readers are going to react to your book either so be okay with the idea of you know starting small experimenting um doing little bits bit by bit and once you feel comfortable with that then you know i think i've, I've spoken to authors who said okay well i'll start with the ebook and i'll do this one bit and then i knew that this advertising was working so i dialed that up and then i looked at another country like you don't need to do everything all at once i would say um so start small press publish and just go for it yeah, I think there's so much truth in that. The real art of being a successful indie is your ability 
uh, to pivot and resilience, like resilience when things go wrong um, or when things not necessarily even go wrong, but just don't work. Like I think we see uh, methods that are tried and tested by other authors and they don't always work for every single genre or they don't always work for you or they only work for a little while or they don't work and then people never try again and then actually later down the line they do work if only you tried or you know whatever so yeah I think resilience and the ability to pivot um having quick dancing boxer feet <laughs> be boxer yeah. have boxing feet people uh, <laughs> what, what about you is there a specific time where you were like oh, I really have to pivot now um yes because I pivoted, well, I launched a new pen name in February and that kind of changed quite a lot for me because I had spent a long time trying to finish the last book in a series that wasn't selling. And so I should have just cut my losses, I think, and not tried to finish it and just moved on. And I didn't. I So I wasted a lot of time. But I also think that time enabled me to grow my craft and like grow my understanding of marketing and, and all of that. So I pivoted and my Ruby Rose stuff is now uh, doing... <laughs> 10,000 times better than the first fiction series. And that was like starting again. It was actually fucking terrifying to start again in 2023, <laughs> but it has made the biggest difference. Like financially, mentally, I'm happier because I'm writing stuff that I really enjoy rather than stuff that I thought I was supposed to be writing or whatever. I don't even know. But yeah, I, and some of, I just don't think I could have done that five years ago, six years ago. So some of it is about lessons learned. And I think, you know, it did launch well. And I think part of that is because I have got so many years of experience now. So some of it is is just oh, being patient. And I don't have any fucking patience at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, pa the patience bit is hard, you know. You can't build a community overnight. You can't build a readership overnight. Things take time. Um, and and so... the biggest part of that is understanding the market. And mm. like actually understanding how you look at a market or how you know what is selling and what is successful because I think I had the I came in with the right mindset when I started the the first series but I just didn't execute it correctly and I think that was because of a lack of really understanding how to market rather than not understanding the market if that makes sense but yeah I, you know a lot of that comes down to spending time in the industry and spending time looking at what readers are saying and and looking at brand packages and pitches and looking at what's ranking and what's selling and all of that stuff and you just can't do that in an afternoon you just can't it takes time yeah. so yeah okay and so maybe a segue from that then, what are the biggest mistakes you see authors making? Maybe not so much in the beginning because we always do little tiny things, but, you know, sort of as an author who's maybe published a couple of books or what are the mistakes that you are seeing that are kind of preventing people from really excelling their careers? Again, I think it comes back to this idea of like, like almost over-engineering it and trying to plan too much and sort of being impatient that they've done xyz and it's not led to exactly what they thought it was um i think the other thing is maybe not leveraging you know there's loads of things you can do on amazon but also complementing that with what you're doing you know with your newsletter or on social media um and i think trying to keep that kind of as a holistic strategy is something that 
that you should always try and do. You know, like you can build an audience on, say, Facebook, but then how are you actually getting them to Amazon to make the, the purchases? Equally, you might have a huge order following and loads of sales on Amazon, but like how are you actually keeping those readers long term if you're not updating them with, say, a newsletter or uh, a Facebook page or something like that. So I would say maybe like think of Amazon and other channels as sort of complementary to one another. And sometimes people can get so fixated on one thing or the other. You know, Amazon's where you're going to drive yourselves, but maybe you're going to build your community offline and then drive people to Amazon that way. Um, equally, some people will drive it all through Amazon. So it, it again, it's that no one size fits all approach. I'd say don't try and over-engineer everything and have a huge plan, but do like know what your key milestones are and what you're what you're trying to do. Um, but don't sit there for hours. I think you know so many authors will say, oh, I sat there for hours and I had whole spreadsheets where I calculated exactly how much money I was spending on this advertising campaign. And then I worked out that that wasn't working and actually like what that time could have potentially been spent building a readership in other ways that would have worked better for them. So I'd say maybe like pick a few things, test them, see how it's working, but don't also like go too deep on one of them that you neglect the others. Are there any um, back end like KDP type mistakes that we can make? Um, like with the setup of our books or optimizing in any particular ways, any mistakes there that we can make that we could avoid? I think, you know, making sure you're happy with the categories using the new categories function. And again, give us feedback if it, you know, you're not able to find the category you're looking for or something like that through the KDP um, help uh, contact our service. Um, I think also search, search terms. So keywords um, often, I think some people are so, uh, excited to publish their book or they want to try and just get it out to as many people as possible but like think about how your keywords can be as specific to your book as possible because if you put very generic keywords it's good to have some broader ones and some more specific ones if you do them all very generic you'll be trying to you'll you'll go into a very large pool of books that all have the same keyword so try and think about the, the right keywords that you're using and you can always change them as well um so yeah do, do we have like, do you have, and I'm probably putting you on the spot here, but do you have an example? So like, should we be using longer tail keywords and like, what would one look for? So for example, you let's use, because it's here, like a lesbian fantasy novel. Like, do you have any advice on like, perhaps a, like what kind of keywords should we be using? Like, um, do, should we be using words that are already in our blurbs? Should we use words that are not in our blurbs? Like what types of words would we use? Do we use longer phrases, short ones, any kind of examples on what makes a good keyword? I think as long as they're really relevant to your book, any keyword is welcome. I would say it's good. So say it was lesbian fantasy. Um, you might want to have like fantasy, but if you think about the number of fantasy books that were on there, that's probably going to be quite what uh, like wide so then maybe you want to hone in on like what's your world like you know is there like a, you know is there magic involved or is there like a specific type of character involved that you know is a known character in that world that people might go looking for um so i would think about like the different layers of keywords that you could do one will be very genre specific one might relate to your characters one might relate to yeah like if, if it's lesbian put lesbian in there type thing so that, that would be like maybe the way that I would do it. And from, again, speaking to authors, I think some say that they adapt the keywords and change them after they notice that 
actually loads of readers have given feedback with a specific key you know in the reviews there's a recurring keyword coming through or people really love a certain element of the world that you felt like oh I love the fact that it was mystical and there was a green lake in the book or something you know so there's they'll then pick those keywords out um so yeah okay perfect how like everybody talks about the algorithm the uh, I'm saying there's an air quotes like the algorithm <laughs> Um, over the years, we've heard things like 30-day cliff, 90-day cliff. Uh, we hear uh, about, um, you know, conversion algorithm, like preferences and things like this. Can you talk a little bit? I know you can't talk too much, but a little bit about algorithms, how they work, um, and anything that we can do uh, to kind of help the big algorithm uh, help us. <laughs> I mean, uh I, I like the way you're calling it algorithm. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually probably be the best person to even talk about what goes in it because I wouldn't exactly know. But I think, as I mentioned before, one thing to remember is that every reader on Amazon will have a completely different reader experience. So if you go onto your Amazon homepage, it will be completely different to mine because we will have browsed different things. When you go into the bookstore, that continues. When you like, every, everything will will adapt according to previous um, reader. So reader moments when related to like the reader behavior, but also book moments. So like, if a reader finishes a book, then what will that potentially trigger? Um, so those things are always at play. Again, it really comes down to making sure like the categories are right, the search terms are correct. Um, you know, customer reviews are always helpful. Um, but there's no, like, again, there's no, like, here's how you can cheat the algorithm. I think, you know, often there are lots of people saying, oh, well, this is how I beat the algorithm type thing. And, you know, we, we, the algorithm is there to serve readers. We cannot predict reader behavior. So it's really about servicing what we think readers want to see. Um, and again, you know, if you see things, wrong categories, something doesn't look right, you can always raise it with us and we will investigate. Perfect. What is selling right now? Uh, what like trends are you seeing or like what should indies be paying attention to in terms of like the next six months, the next year? I mean, I think one thing and particularly from being at lots of events this year, the number of different subgenres that people have come up and told me that they're writing and are going so well for them is like, it's great to hear that they're like, hey, I write. Um, I literally can't think of one, but the, you know, like, Lesbian really, fantasy. <laughs> well, lesbian fantasy is fantastic, yeah. Um, or people being like, I write uh, assassin novels that are set in a world of dragons. And you're like, this is so cool. Like, there's a huge audience that we, like, you know, that obviously want to read these books and are loving them and people saying that that's going really well for them. I think the other thing we're seeing is, you know, series continue to be very successful. Um, readers are loving series. And we see that both kind of on Amazon, but also within Kindle Unlimited. Um, series seems to be very important when it comes to like keeping those readers there and readers often will start the series and see it all the way through to the end. Um, and then of course, you know, in, it's no surprise that we, particularly in, in the last kind of over the summer period, we've seen a lot of readers picking up crime and romance books. Um, our editorial team um, put, have been putting together book lists as well for things like crime and thriller recommendations, uh, romance recommendations, cozy up with a crime this summer, kind of oxymoron. So there's there's lots of activity. Summer sales often very big for crime and romance as well. So we have seen that continuing with things like the the deals program and um, those 
readers are still loving those genres as well. If you can talk to indies listening and tell them one thing, what one thing do you wish indies would do or do better when working with Amazon? Oh, this is a good question. I mean, keep writing more books, please. <laughs> start, start. <laughs> to start with, I mean, it's just... I think this is one of the things that I love about my job is that I just get to hear all of these people whose lives have changed from just having an idea and being brave enough to put it out there. And then to see that it actually, people want to read it is amazing. Um, So I think more um, of that. I think, um, what else? I mean, that, that you said one thing, so I guess... That is one thing. Keep going. But... Keep going. Keep going. Don't um... <laughs> no, no, sorry. I mean to listeners, keep going. Keep writing. Yeah. Don't stop. Yeah, keep writing. Just yeah. Please keep writing. And also I think the other thing is I do a lot of events, and I'm sure lots of your listeners might have met me as some of them. Um please let us know when things aren't going well. And I know that, that often authors will do this, but um, you know, sometimes people will come to an event and say, hey, I had this issue with this. And the first thing is like, please know that we are listening, even though sometimes the, um, the, it feels like we're potentially not because you know you might get moved from one team to another while you're trying to have the issue resolved. But I think a really good example of something like this is we had authors for so long saying to us, we would love to know how many Amazon followers we have. We would love to know this information. And, you know, repeatedly, repeatedly asked it multiple events. We had lots of people requesting it via their KDP accounts. And then obviously we were able to launch it. So I think the other thing I I would wish Indies to come and keep giving us that feedback because um, we love it. And it's the only way that we can understand, you know, what would work better for you and your books if we actually have that feedback. And I know so many of your listeners probably already do this, but for anyone who's like, oh, I had this problem and I don't know how to fix it and then kind of sits there annoyed, like, please do keep telling us that things may not be working for you. Um, and sort of a segue from that and perhaps a slightly trickier question. Over the last year, in, well, over a long period of time, but in the last year in particular, we've seen quite a lot of issues with pirating. And then as a result of pirating, we've seen like accounts banned or closed. Um, is Amazon doing anything to kind of resolve these issues and help authors who have maybe had their accounts closed because they're in KU and because their books have been pirated. Like talk to us a little bit about pirating and kind of the direction of where that's going. Yeah, this is an industry-wide issue, um, not necessarily just an Amazon issue. Um, We do have very strict content guidelines and obviously we make sure that all sellers, authors, publishers follow those. We take very strong action against anyone who doesn't. Um, but I think, as I said before, the one thing I wish Indies would do is please do try and keep contacting us if you believe that there is something incorrect. Um, we are always more than happy to have you report an issue and our team will go and investigate um, as soon as they can. I mean, sometimes it can take a little bit of time because if there are multiple different things ongoing and there needs to be information that's reviewed but i would say like, please keep persisting and giving us that feedback if you believe something is incorrect we will definitely look into it and how does somebody do that when their account's closed how do they reach out because obviously there's no help desk then at that point so what is the method of contacting um when their account's been shut um 
It's a, that's a, that's a very good question. I would say leveraging if they're part of any kind of society, so something like the Alliance for Independent Authors um, might be a, a good route to go. You know, um, if if you've got contacts at places like that, you know, we can consolidate a list and then go and look at, at them as a as a review case usually. Okay, perfect. This is the Rebel Author Podcast. So tell everyone about a time you unleashed your inner rebel. Yeah, this is a good question. I love this question. Um, but I also am like, how what am I, I going to say? <laughs> Everybody um, says that. <laughs> but my my most recent thing, I don't know if it's rebe- rebellious, but it's definitely out of my comfort zone and very much about being silly and letting go of control. So I'd say it counts as a as a rebel activity. I recently have started um, learning how to do improv comedy. So I um, started a level one course back in uh, June and I did like an eight week, every Sunday, three hour workshop. And essentially you, the aim of it is you get given a word and then you come up with a scene with someone else for the about 20 minutes or 15 minutes max, um, maybe less, kind of five minutes, but we're working up to longer scenes. Um, and yeah, you just make it up all on the spot. And it's it's basically all about being okay with the idea of like throwing yourself off the cliff and being okay with the unknown. But it's also about trusting everyone else around you. So you have to, yes, and whatever they say, like they say, hey, you're a man who's going to a farm and you've got two pigs and you're like, yeah, that is, that is exactly what I'm doing. And these pigs are called, you know, I don't know where, where this has just come from. So yeah, this is how improv works, but yeah, these pigs are called Sasha and Michaela and we're going to the market. And then suddenly that's how your scene starts. Um, so yeah, it's really fun. It's, it's been, it's actually kind of changed me less outside of the like, First of all, you're engaging the writing part of your brain as much as you're the, the performing part because you're having to kind of like write the script in real time with someone else. Um, but I think also it's just made me way more okay with the unknown in general. Like something goes wrong. Like the other day I nearly missed my flight and I was like, well, if I miss my flight, I'll just get on the next one. Like I've just, I suddenly feel so much more calm about everything, which is great. It's kind of making me all right with the unknown. And sometimes you get some zany characters and like fun ideas out that you're like, oh, maybe I'll long form that and try and like write it into something. So it's helpful. I love that so much for somebody who has like zero adaptability. I <laughs> I, I love that because anything that would make me better with uh, unexpected changes helps resilience, right? And then you live a happier life. So I love it. Mm. Okay, tell everyone where they can find out more about Kindle Storyteller, um, about you or, or Amazon's KDP services, anything else that you would like to add? Absolutely. So please do enter Storyteller if you're thinking about doing it. That would be my my first plug. Um, make sure you add that Storyteller keyword and you must do that before the 31st of August, which is when the submissions close. Um, you can go and have a look at what has already been entered at www.amazon.co.uk forward slash Storyteller um, and have a look at what's in there already. Um, if you're thinking about publishing a book on KDP, I would suggest going to the KDP help pages um, there's Jumpstart, which will give you an overview as to the stages that you'll need to do to basically create your book and get it out there. And then also reviewing KDP University resources. There's information there on kind of marketing and promotions, the beta programs that I mentioned, so it's how to submit your um, books into things like deals, um, Kindle deals and Prime Reading. 
And there's there's a whole host of things on there, including like, yeah, advertising 101 videos. So if you're getting started, you're not sure, maybe you just even, I mean, so many of your listeners are probably very successful and already up and running, but sometimes good to go back um, because, you know, things do change, we do update and a bit of a refresher. Um, and yeah, please just keep writing and think about entering Storyteller. Amazing. And one last time, they enter by putting a, the keyword, two words, actually, Kindle and then space storyteller as storyteller yeah. as one word in their categories, uh, keywords, sorry, on in their, in their books, KDP Dash. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, course, Sasha. It was great. <laughs> thank you. And of course, a gigantic thank you to all of the show's listeners and all of the show's patrons. If you would like to get early access to all of the episodes, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. I'm Sasha Black. You are listening to Michaela Parks, and this was the Rebel Author Podcast. This week, I'm going to be talking to Nova McBee all about fan-funded book-to-movie translation. It's a fascinating look at how Nova has gone from uh, 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 independent press, uh, sort of like a small publisher press, to global uh, movie production with Hollywood. And uh, it's so interesting to look at the model that her film studios has been using. So join me next week for that. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher. And when you have a moment, please leave a review.